You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League, we're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host TK, we're doing things a little bit differently today, we'll welcome in Corby. Corbs, how are you man? Yeah, good TK, what's doing? Mate, we've got a special guest host on today and really excited to get Mark from the NRL Fantasy Amateurs, he does a great job on his podcast and welcome Mark. Yeah, thanks mate, it's a pleasure to be here, i obviously uh, been deserted by Ryan tonight so I thought I'd leave the uh, the light side and come over to the dark side on uh May the 4th. Yeah, pretty much. So, boys, we could just get rid of our partners, right? Like, Andy gone. Ryan gone. This is the new team. <laughs> yeah, the problem is Ryan's the good half of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At least you admit it. I think the better half is right here, right, you reckon, Corpse? Oh, by far, by far. Yeah, we've, we're missing the uh, the terrible third. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big show tonight. So, Mark's going to be joining us. We're going to be doing TLT burning questions. Clark, you with all the latest news and rumours. And we've got plenty of your questions. We've got about 30 of your questions from social media today. So thank you to everyone that has sent that in. Before we get to the boys, Apple Reviews, thank you for everyone sending them in. They've been going through the roof, so thank you. Socials, you can find us at Talking League Pod on Facebook and Instagram, Talking League One on Twitter. Before we keep going and I forget, Mark, what's yours? Mate, it's uh, Fantasy Amateurs on Twitter, NRL Fantasy Amateurs on Instagram. We also have a TikTok and uh, Facebook page and group as well. So just search NRL Fantasy Amateurs. Ryan does a uh, a good job with the TikTok. It's about the only social media that he does. So. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's he's still doing really good. We had a really good video of uh, Turbo spliced in with some uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Clips, yeah, so. Corbs, they're getting like 30,000, 40,000 views of there. And he's not even dancing. Like these little things they're putting together is actually getting quite popular. Maybe we've got to start yeah. dancing on TikTok, mate. Oh, I, I haven't dived into the world of TikTok, but um, yeah, it's uh, it can um, yeah, it's crazy. I've got no idea about <laughs> it, but um, I know. All right, Teamless Tuesday, boys. We're going to go through the main changes, and we've got about seven hot topics that we'll take you through. But main changes today. So South Sydney, there's a few spanners, and I'm not going to – I know a bit of mail, but I'm not going to give it to you tonight. Maybe tomorrow I will. Adam Reynolds is out. Cody Walker switches to the halves with the new fullback, Alex Johnson. Joy Arrow is going to start at lock. Melbourne, Harry Grant, as he did last week, he starts at hooker. The Cheese, he's at 13, but still no Ryan Pappenhausen. Now the Panthers, Kurt Cable, he's been named, but he's in massive doubt with a ribbonry. The Sharkies welcome back Jesse Ramian. Teague Wilton moves to the interchange bench. The Eels have named Nathan Brown, but he's in massive doubt with that hit pointer. The Roosters, Teddy back, but unfortunately Sammy Verrills is out. He's got a detached retina, which will be putting him on the sideline for two or three weeks. Ben Marsh will start, and Lachlan Lamb is actually on the extended bench, so welcome back, Lammy. Raiders, Josh Papali is back in a, another big move by Ricky Stewart today. Ryan James out. He's in reserve grade. Newcastle have named Felix Crossland to replace Blakey Green. Homel Hunt back for Stafford Toa. The Tigers, they've moved Moses Embi to centre. Jacob Little returns on the interchange, while Shawnee Bloor, he makes his first appearance on an extended bench. The Titans, they've named back rower both for, for more. In the centres, while Tino returns at prop, new signing, Esan Masters, he's on the extended bench. The Cowboys have Ben Hampton missing. His scan comes back tomorrow. Jake Clifford moves to starting half. Javid Bowen, I like to call him Javid Bowen. He starts in the centres. And Tommy Gilbert, he's back on an extended bench. Manly have both Martin Depau and Josh Alloye. He's there both out. Kepi will start. 
Hal Mole, he will be back in the starting back row. Zach Sadler, he'll make his debut off the interchange bench. Three to go. The Warriors have named Eli Katoa. He'll return for Ben Murdoch Masilla, who is out with HIA. And an extended bench they've containing CHT, which is Harris Tavita, and also Ewan Aiken. The Dragons have moved Terrell Feumono to the centers. And finally, the Doggies have swapped around Dallin Wateen Zelezniak and Nick Meany. Between the wing and fullback. But let's get into it, boys. First hot topic. Corby, I want to start with you. Adam Reynolds, uh, you know, he's avoiding surgery, but he will be on the sideline for one to three weeks. For everyone out there, are you a hold or a sell on uh, Reynolds? No, we started talking about this the other week where how long do you hold someone? He's out rounds 10 to 12 plus round 13. There's four rounds. Uh, mm. I know that some have been coming back quicker, but he's a sell for me. Um yeah, the three-plus weeks gone. 56 break-even. So he's sort of. it's not like he's going to make any coin. And um, I would get in a, a, someone like a Moses, mm. who's um, another 31K, or a Luai, yeah, saving 7K, or the, the Dewey, who we've uh, been fans of lately on here. I heard him interviewed today and um, just frothing on every word he said. He, he saves uh, 50K if you went to one of those. Um, they just offer you a bit more in the short term and also um, over the uh, the round 13 period. So if you don't have Walker or Shoestar, I think you can still get them and uh, gamble. But, yeah. I like that. Now, Mark, are you ready for your first hit up, mate? I think so. Mate, I just want to add something quick to that. Yeah. Add, add Fogarty to the list, list yeah. of guys as well for round 13 if you're looking for a half. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Now, yeah. Marky, just before we go, if I don't like what you're saying, you're getting one no, of these. No, 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 no. But I know I've heard you on and I know you – you're pretty good, so you might get a couple of these ones as well, mate. So, first question, right. Harry Grant. Now, he's back in the starting lineup. However, he does have origin probably around the corner. But when, for you, will he become a buy target there, Mark? Uh, the short answer to that question for me is around 18. Okay. So, obviously, I guess it kind of leads into a bit of uh, – what we're going to talk about a bit later with buy planning and that sort of stuff, but Mm. um, just the tendencies of the storm um, kind of inclined to think that he's not going to be rolling that 80 minutes every single week. Like even this week, he didn't play 80. Uh, His break even still in the sixties as well. So I'll be, unless something drastic happens and he drops another hundred K, I'll probably just be waiting till round 18. Nice. Guess what, Mark? Confidence, mate. Confidence. Yes. Now, boys, I want to talk to you guys about Kurt Mann, and he's flying right, <laughs> un- right under the radar. And I probably got Andy, who you know, the former host guy, whatever that guy's name is. He brought this to my attention. But at six hundred k, and literally half a percent own this guy. We've got Mitchell Pierce out till round sixteen. Blake Green's out for four weeks. He's going to be in this period where they don't have a buy in round thirteen, so he's going to be playing all the way through to seventeen. His last three weeks: sixty two, eighty three, and fifty three. With an average of 65 in two heavy losses. His running game's good, 113 metres gamed in average. Tackle breaks, he's averaging five, and his kicking metres are over 200 as well, so hitting some good base there. He's kind of, I don't know about you boys, but you remember under the radar was Chad Townsend, and not a lot of people went after him, and he's he's kind of ticking those same boxes. Any thoughts on this, boys? Mate, I'll, uh, I'll pick this one up. Uh, we actually highlighted him two weeks ago in our Facebook group for there anyone that's not a member. Uh, we actually uh, highlighted him and Brody Croft as two options, uh, both for round 13. Obviously, Brody Croft has been a big but, but uh, yeah, Manny, we've got him at 
53 to 55 average. Yeah, I like that. Corbs, you were about to jump in there. Yeah, he's one of those players like or compared like the Sirenen kickout where a lot of people go for the big name kickout where Sirenen actually scores better, but a lot of people don't go near those sorts of players. Mm. I find Kurt Mann is one of those. Um, he seems to just rack up uh, good fantasy points. And yeah, the Knights at the moment don't offer a lot. So he's uh, he's trying everything. He's, uh, he's full of energy. But yeah, I, I don't mind it. I would liken him to a vanilla ice cream. It's going to get the job done every week. But it's probably not your favourite flavour. Like, that's where I'm going. I'm giving myself a tick for that one. How good am I going? All right, boys, let's keep moving. Corbs, uh, big one, Ryan Pappenhausen. He's out for another week, 850K. That's pretty much sitting on the sideline. You got rid of him last week. Tell me why and why the sell signals that you got and your approach to him moving forward. Oh, my big one was uh, a comment by um, the assistant coach. Is it? Uh, who's the assistant coach down there? It's probably Hoffman. Is it Riles? Or, no, that's not Riles. No, Hoffman. Or Kearney? No, it might have been Kearney. No, Kearney's with the Eels. It was one of the assistant coaches. It wasn't Bellamy, but he said, um, when we've got such a handy replacement in Hines, uh, we can afford to rest Pappenhausen. Yeah. And I think that's, um, yeah, the luxury that they have. Uh, he's locked into origin. I think he's pretty much got that 14 jersey like everyone's being saying it and fitless said he's gonna be in there uh, he's a definite target after origin and and like you've already made 200k on him mm. uh he's at that 857k like it's way too much money just to have on your bench if you're going for that overall if it's head to head then yeah i i can uh understand you're just holding but yeah overall definite yeah um, punt. i punted him two weeks ago mark you holder yeah, mate, I'm holding. I wouldn't. Uh, I have a, a steadfast rule against selling keepers. Okay, so. and you're going to do that over the origin period as well, mate. Yeah, mate. I think well, being in a 14 jersey, uh, I can't see him. I'm think they're more likely to rest Munster and put uh, Nico Hines in the halves. Yeah, yeah. Particularly considering he's had a couple of weeks off, they've been pretty safe with him now, letting him get 100 percent recovered from that AC uh, joint. I think it was your physio that was talking about sort of if you give him a couple of weeks, mm. you'll end up. Uh, being better for it in the long run. So I'm obviously they're being cautious now, but I think he's going to be important to them getting a role on in the uh, in the later periods. Totally agree. Now, Mark, question for you. Sean Bloor, finally, he's had two weeks in reserve grade, but finally in that 21, he is cheap at chips. I think it's 228K or something like that. But are you eyeing him off coming into this origin period? Uh, not unless he's starting in the back row. Okay. So just having a look at his PPM, as I've been really looking at round 13 because I'm aggressively targeting that buy route and his PPM is not great. So it's kind of only 0.6 or somewhere in there. So he really needs to be playing sort of 40 plus minutes to be making money as a middle forward. So obviously yeah. on the edge, he's going to get there. But I think in 56 minutes in reserve grade two weeks ago, he made nine tackles and 40 meters or something like that. So, mm. you know, it's obviously not a big PPM. He's more of a, a, a shower than a, than a, a grinder. So okay. yeah. That's so my, starting uh, jump all over him. Yeah. If he's a starting back row, absolutely. But if he's just playing 20, 25 minutes off the bench, there's a uh, Bit of a no-go for me. Yeah, like it. Now, next one, boys, and Luciana Leilua and Ryan Madison both switched over to the right edge, which was quite interesting last week. And obviously, both are going to be having that round 17 bias. They'll be playing through. And with Maddo not playing footy, he's probably out of contention now for the New South Wales spot. But 
quite interesting. He's already lost 100K, and that price is just dipping and dipping as the weeks go on. And even last week, like I'm kind of liking these kind of 47s because his base was actually quite good last week from what I pulled out. Like He made 38 tackles and 115 metres. So for his first game back after a long period off and scoring a 47, that's not too bad because we all know he likes a tackle break and he likes an offload. And that literally wasn't there last week. But it will come back at some stage. And at 700K right now, if he continues just like this good base over the next four weeks, we could already have, by the time that round 13, we have more trades up our sleeves and we might offload a few players. This guy could be 625, 650. And I'm seeing buy signals here because Maddo's an elite player. He just hasn't had a lot of footy. And we're going to get someone for the back end of our season at a very, very, very nice price. So this is someone that I think all of us need to be really keeping an eye on, especially over the next three or four weeks. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I uh, actually had Maddo with a little bit of value to start the year, so I'm uh, I'm red red hot on him. Yeah. Now, Corbs, your, your man, Luciano, he swapped over as well. Had a season low of 47, which is still pretty good, especially when you can th- consider the adjustment that he has to make next to a new edge. So, when you again, his base was still pretty good last week. And I think just moving forward, like he's averaging 55. He's probably a little bit more expensive at 699 because I can see that he will be more consistent and keep that 700. So, I'm, I'm favoring Maddo for this period of time. But if there's an option and there's some injuries... I've always liked Luciano, and I know that he's always in there for a 50. Any thoughts on Luciano before we move on, mate? Yeah, I um, I thought Capel was going to be out, and I was actually eyeing off one of these guys. Um, but, yeah, they're big interests. Matto, I think everyone who's sort of got a, an idea on the game is looking at him because he has come down in a bit of price, and there's value there. Mm. And, yeah, the Lay Lua, um, I've got him in drafts. So you've always got a soft spot for your draft players, <laughs> and – he, he, he does seem to uh, get a bit of attacking stats with the uh, the Tigers. They do favour him when um, they want some points. So, yeah, can offload too, the big Luciano. Yeah. Now, the last question, and with Jacob Little being on the interchange bench for the Tigers this weekend, it's, it's placing a little bit of pressure now on someone that we thought was going to be one of the guns. And he's already made 100K, and we're talking about Jake Simpkin. Now, he's, you know... His average has dropped over these last few weeks. Mark, what's your thoughts, Connor or Jacob Little coming back? And have you got Simkin? Yeah, mate, I got Simkin at 246. Yeah, nice. What's your thoughts on him moving forward? Mate, uh, I'm looking at him as somebody that's ideally going to go into a loop, uh, being that pretty much everybody's got a team full of red dots yeah. at the moment. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm running a loophole with him and a guy I'm bringing in this week. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, even at 50, 55 minutes, you can expect him to average in the low to mid-30s with up and down scores. We haven't really seen his running game yet. I think maybe it's just got something to do with the fitness and the confidence. And as he sort of feels more comfortable, because he's he's really similar to Harry Grant, if you look at his reserve grade stats. Yeah, definitely. I think as he... As he feels more confident, he'll take that running game. Yeah, because we were on the phone before, you brought that up as well, his running game. That's where you kind of want to see him improve. Yeah, well, it seems like whatever nine is playing in reserve grade can uh, score two tries and set up three, and then they come into first grade and um, yeah, don't see to, don't see any of it. Uh, I've also just got him as that um, that loop. Once I make some trades, um, will he have the effect of little on the bench for him to play a little bit better to keep his spot 
um, yeah. as we sometimes see with a few players. I mean, a break-even of six, you, you're not getting rid of him. Yeah, I'm hoping that he just limps over the line for round 13 as yeah. that extra number. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with both of you boys, and I think people forget that he's 19. <laughs> like, his yeah. first season playing in a very hard position, he's obviously got quality, but I think maybe knowing that he rolls 55, 60 minutes will help him as well, help him pace himself. And like you said, Corbs, that a little bit from the bench, a little bit of pressure, I think he'll create a little bit of efficiency, and he's only going to get better from here, boys. Like, I think you guys are right. Nice little loop, maybe last man on the bench, and I think we'll continue to make money. All in a grants? Yeah. Nice. All right, gents, good start to the show. What we'll do now, we'll break, and we'll go to Clarkie for a little bit of news and updates, and then we'll come back with all your questions. You've got mail. All right, guys, let's check in with Dane Clark from uh, Clarkie's Rugby League column. He joins us for the latest news and rumors. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook at Clarkie's RL column or Twitter at Clarkie's underscore column. G'day, Clarkie. Yeah, g'day, TK. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolute pleasure. Got plenty to talk about tonight. Let's start with Katoni Staggs. He's making headlines, a little bit of news, maybe Newcastle in play now, but what are you hearing on that? And then maybe what else else are you hearing in terms of the Broncos' halves situation? Yeah, Katoni Staggs is a real interesting one because, you know, fully fit, he's a top three center in the league, but there just seems mm. to be teams dropping out of interest. You know, the Eels have pulled out, the Titans have pulled out, and I have to think that's due to one or two reasons. I would say it's either one, due to his off-field misdiscretions, or maybe two, you know, players don't always return from ACL injuries and hit the same form yep. that they've previously been. So I think that's a big reason there and something clubs are being cautious of. You know, this may actually benefit Brisbane in the way that he's had an off-field incident. Um, it's been reported through the media. Clubs aren't interested. So Broncos might actually be able to keep him at a lesser price. Yeah. Um, so that the realistically, although obviously, you know, it's bad for Katoni Staggs, looking at it from the Broncos, it could pan out very well for the club. And as far as their current halves are concerned, Kevin Walters, after their win over the Titans, um, he actually flown down to Sydney and met with Adam Reynolds and um, gave him his pitch as to you know why he thinks the Broncos could use him and what the Broncos could do for him, et cetera. But nothing will happen with that just yet. Adam Reynolds' manager, from what I understand anyway, he just wants to gather all the options, yep. give them to Adam. Adam, what do you want? Adam says, okay, I want this one. And then they're going to take that to the bunnies and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is your last chance to map this contract. Um, so that's just pretty much where I believe that's all at at the moment. Yeah. What would you make of Tyson Gamble? I thought he had a pretty good game last Friday. Yeah, it depends how you look at it. Some people saying cocky, some saying confident. Um, obviously, you know, he has only played three or four games over the past several years. So mm. to come in with that cockiness or confidence, no matter what way you look at it, um, it takes some big bollocks because, you know, he was in forward spaces. But realistically, yeah, this is what the Broncos need. They need a bit of passion. If he come in and, you know, it was just in his own shell, didn't step out of his skin, defend and play so passionately, then fans are probably going to turn around and go, oh, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. Uh, the flip side of the coin is he comes in and he shows, hey, I really want to be here. And all of a sudden now we're going as fans, oh, he's cocky. So, I mean, it's it's, it's one of those situations where it's a, uh, a lose-lose for the player. But I was impressed, obviously, Aside from the pa- uh, fact he thumped my Titans, mm. um, I loved what I saw from him. So, yeah, Clarky, I was a five foot five, and I was very cocky on the field. And he's about six foot three, so I don't think anyone's. He's, gonna, a, big he's a big boy, very big boy. But let's move on to another half mate, Sean Johnson, because at the moment he's what two games back, 
Now, the Sharkies, they've kind of, from what we've heard, it might be something different behind the scenes. They're talking about 400K in one season. They're talking about rugby. Now, when I kind of hear this rugby news, I'm always kind of a little bit suspicious. Is it the manager putting it into the media because he's got actually no interest? But what's your take on this one? Yeah, I mean, I look at this and I I just don't buy it. I don't buy it for two reasons. Um, Number one, I can't remember which journalist actually started this report, um, but they started off the basis that he was spotted meeting with Michael Chica. Mm. Michael Chica is the former Wallabies coach. He's now an assistant coach at the Roosters, and he signed to Lebanon as their World Cup coach. And so meeting with him for me would indicate more likely a Roosters move as opposed to a rugby Union move. So I'm not sure if the journalists there maybe mixed up where Chica was currently signed or what happened there. Yeah. Um, but number two, I mean, he's put it out in the public forum. You go and watch his podcast with Bloke in a Bar where he says, it's always been footy for me. I've always loved rugby league. I, I never grew up and said, I want to play for the All Blacks. I said, I want to play for the Kiwis. Yep. And that's probably the first Kiwi I've ever heard say that, really. I mean, the All Blacks are perceived um, right at the top of, you know, prestigious um, teams in New Zealand and the Kiwis not as much. So for someone to say that indicates he's obviously, you know, um, really, really passionate about rugby league. Mm. But as you said, from what we understand currently, a one-year deal has been tabled by the Sharks. That is at 400K. From what I understand, that is the deal that if we can keep him at that price, we will. Mm. However, from what I understand, if they are able to get Adam Reynolds, then Sean Johnson becomes a priority. Craig Fitzgibbon really likes uh, the halves partnership that he could build there with Reynolds and Sean Johnson. I think he realizes I've got a uh, directing half in Adam Reynolds, and then that would allow Sean Johnson to play similar to how Cody Walker does, popping up and injecting himself where he does. So if they sign Reynolds, Johnson becomes a priority. If they cannot sign Reynolds, Johnson becomes a, "Hmm, if we can get him for the right price, we'll keep him. Otherwise, we're not too fussed. Yeah, nice one. Now, next one, George Williams. He's making headlines. Bit of homesickness in Canberra. What can you tell us a little bit about Georgie? Yeah, obviously, just a tough time. I mean, in the middle of, I think we forget sometimes being here in Australia that we are actually in the midst of a global pandemic. Mm. I mean, we still get to go to the footy. Our our biggest annoyance is, you know, scanning a QR code at this stage. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, when you put into perspective that, you know, what's going on around the rest of the world, it's pretty crazy to think. And so he wasn't able to see his family for Christmas. When he signed, that was obviously, you know, a big thing, having time to go back and see his family. Um, he had, And just, I believe he has a daughter as well, which he hasn't been able to see. I'm not quite certain on that. Um, but regardless, not being able to see your family on the other side of the world, yep. it's tough. You cannot blame him for seeking a release. What we are hearing now is Ricky Stewart will not release him under any circumstances unless Canberra can sign a suitable half. Okay. And so when I hear that, I'm just waiting now for the reports in the media. You know, I guarantee you, TK, over the next month, we're going to start hearing rumours of Adam Reynolds being leaked to the Canberra Raiders purely for that fact. I agree. Now, last one, mate. This is a Titans one for yourself. And Warrington's Daryl Clark, he is quite an impressive player. I watch a lot of Super League, and he's probably the standout. There's a couple of them, him and Johnny Lomax for mine, that really stand out in that competition. But what are you hearing about this and for yourself as a Titans fan? What are you making? For myself, really, really pumped. I mean, behind Josh Hodgson and arguably on current form, he is better than Josh Hodgson and is the best English half in the world. Biggest thing I like about Daryl Clark, he gets out of dummy half, engages the markers, Mm. and that allows the forwards to get on the front foot and just get that extra step or two in, build up that little bit more momentum. And you look at the Titans, 
What's their biggest strength? It's their forward pack. Yep. And so if they have a player like Daryl Clark that enables them to play their best football, um, it's better for Daryl and it's better for the Titans and it's definitely better for the forwards. So it's a win-win for everyone there. But it's an interesting one. In the UK, it was a done deal as far as the UK media was concerned. He's gone. Mm. Gone from Origin, two-year deal, Titans, 2022 onwards. Hasn't been a bow peep over in the Australian media. So it's an interesting one. It's definitely one we're going to have to watch and um, see, I suppose. But what does interest me as well, um, I've heard the Titans have signed Paul Turner, who is the Warriors' yeah. um, backup halfback, a utility there. I've heard they've signed him on a two-year deal. And so I would say rumours of Daryl Clark being signed. Um, we've got um, Aaron Clark yeah. re-signed earlier this year. He plays a bit of hooker. And Paul Turner, who could be the replacement to Ash Taylor or could be being viewed for that 14 role. Either way, I think this could spell the end of Mitch Rain's time at the club. Yeah. And so I think there will be a bit of moving chairs around the NRL as a result of this. Biggest destination that makes sense to me for Mitch Rain at this stage of his career, the Bulldogs. I think they need a quality hooker. I think Mitch Rain is a quality hooker. I mm. don't think he's top tier, but he's quality enough that the Bulldogs could definitely use him. And he will come at the right price. So a lot of moving chairs and um, stuff to happen in the NRL this year. It's, it's going to be a very, very interesting year as far as player movements are concerned. For sure. Well, Clark, you always appreciate the insights, man. Always great and always great to catch up. We'll catch up with you next week. Beauty. Cheers, mate. we Will do. All right, guys. Welcome back. That was Clarky. Now let's cross over to all the Q&A. So thank you to everyone that has reached out this morning and throughout the day. We've got about 30 questions to get through. So we're going to try and do this as punchy as possible. But let's kick things off. Corbs, let's start with you. Andy Still, he asks, has Shushta reached his peak? Uh, I don't think he has. I, I think that, um, I mean, break even 29, he's still got a bit there. And, yeah, his, his average is there, 51. I, I'm still liking him. Uh, mm. the, the Tigers. The Eagles have just hit their peak. Um, and I think that they'll sort of learn to, because it's all been Tommy dominant. Um, and they'll sort of try and incorporate the Schuster a bit as well. But yeah, I, I'm. I mean, you can't get rid of him. He's still smashing out the the fifties. His price, what at five hundred and seventy three k. So, I mean, if he keeps at that average, he's still got another hundred k to make anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, definitely not uh, to get rid of him. And yeah, if you can play that edge in your half or the duel is is a big one as well. Mark, you mentioned before that you're going hard for round 13. Does this mean that Shushi's going mm-hmm. to be going around 13? Yeah, mate. Shushi to, Mat- to Matto is my uh, trade and my planner at the moment. There you so go. Okay. Straight swap. Yeah. Shushi to Matto. He's, it's, it's on my sheet to maybe do. But then Corby's nearly convinced me to keep him. So I'm a little bit on the fence right now. But next yeah. question, uh, the Cashos. Mark, he asks, now he's got Taki Haho or Harris between those two. Which one do you think is the best trade? And then, do you think Gutho is the real deal? Oh, I don't want to destroy Gutho this early in the podcast, mate. But uh, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll start. I'll start with the the first part of the question. Uh, my answer to it is neither. Uh, I personally, Harris is as we've sort of spoken about across the the forums. Harris is pretty consistent. He does have a bit of upside, but. He's also been a bit lucky with some attacking plays recently, which is going to sort of level out a bit. Yep. I think he can pay 100K less than grab Pangai and get similar production. Yeah. Uh, if, 
if you're looking on the cheap level and you want to buy somebody in the Takiyaho price bracket, you got David Klemmer down there and you've also got Jake Trebojevic, who mm-hmm. I think just based on looking at Takiyaho, even with Lindsay Collins out for the year, uh, Radley's back and he's a 60-minute middle. So yeah. I got Takiyaho without goal kicking in the low to mid 40s as an average, which is obviously not a buy. Yeah, I don't know about you boys. I'll put my hand up straight away. Takiyaho has been my worst pick from the preseason, I feel. Like, he has been majorly disappointing. Yeah. No, just uh, obviously the role was a bit different than what we thought. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a he's, good he's getting the minutes, and the, the, <laughs> the minutes and goal kicking's there. It's just, yeah, I think maybe the structure of the way he's playing. Corbs, you got anything to add there? Well, I think I've got a question uh, just coming up on um, whether someone should hold him okay. over the origin period. We'll keep should that. I just go straight out there? Yeah, why not? Fui, fui, moi, moi, and I hope it's the real one. He asks, should I, <laughs> should I shift to – actually, we'll, we'll also come back for your Gutho stuff as well. Sorry, Mark. Should I shift to, to – uh, Takihaho, right, will mate. he come right over the origin period? Yeah, well, I, I'm just, I was just looking at the bench, and they've been hammered with injuries. Um, and I, I'm, I don't mind it. Like if you've got him now, you've lost a little bit of cash, but I see him having to play bigger minutes um, over the origin period because just in their middle rotation, Jared Will Hargraves, his minutes have dropped big time. And then on their bench, they've got Adam Kieran, Fletcher Baker, who is not a prop. He's a, an edge back rower and quite raw and small. Mm. And then you've got uh, Daniel Saluka Fafita. Mm. There's been some forwards, both those two that I just mentioned, that have played zero minutes, even with all their injuries, uh, because other forwards have just played those bigger minutes. His minutes did increase slightly over the last two weeks, um, just coming back from his injury. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I would... If you haven't got him, I would just wait. If I had him, I would wait and just see if his minutes increase again because with the amount of injuries, they need more blokes like that on the park. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, I, I do get yeah, what you guys were saying, but um, if yeah, he could well and truly come back and bounce mm-hmm. back to uh, where we all thought he would be. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And thank you for you for you. Miss you, mate. So hope you're doing well, <laughs> but. And now, sorry, Mark, to cut you off before, you had another uh, sorry question, and that was, is Gutho the real deal? Yeah. So my uh, short answer to this is no. <laughs> but I, and I, I was waiting for a Phil Gould. No, I'll let <laughs> you, uh, mate, I'll let you just, explain, and you might right. get a tick. Okay. So I, I know you guys are really hot because I listen to all of your podcasts, so you're really hot on Gutho, but his average – Position on the ladder of his opponents so far this year is 12th. He's had five of his eight games against bottom four opponents. Yep. If you look at his scoring from last year, where I know you sort of highlighted that potentially the the game's changed a little bit. If you look at his scoring from last year, he averaged 63 against bottom four sides. Yep. Uh, 44 against guys in the middle of the table and then 40 against top four sides. Okay. Um, so that projects him out at where he should have averaged this year based on the matchups at about 56. Okay. Um, however, obviously we've had a bit more ball in play this year, about 5% more. And if you take 56 and add 5%, you get exactly what his average is at the moment. Yep. So looking forward based on his rest of the season schedule, which gets much more difficult, uh, I've got him at 
49 average for the rest of the year. Okay. So, mate, I will offer a uh, an option for somebody looking at Gutho, yeah. and that is instead Dylan Edwards. Okay. So he's just about 100K less, 95K less. Yep. Absolutely zero chance of origin, where obviously Gutho is a chance Still of playing chance, origin. Yeah. Um, and actually projects in the mid-50s. Um, and also just a fun fact as well, last season, 25% of Gutherson's games were lower scores than Edwards' worst score last year. Okay. That's interesting. That's why we like having a different opinion. And you know what, Mark? I didn't mind that. So what you're saying is Gutho is a bully pretty much, and he's bullying. Yeah, he's a flat track bully. Most of those guys on that, in that Eels spine are Moses is as well. So it just they score better against teams that leak points, which makes sense, but – yeah, I think uh, they've had a really soft draw to start the year. You know um, what? I actually don't mind that because I only budgeted for Gutho to hit 50. That's all I want from him. So I'm quite comfortable with that. So but yeah. oh, I appreciate that. And I think you've given a nice little alternative with Edwards as well. So that's good. Yep. All right, it's boy. Nice as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. Now, boys, Jeff Maypoo, this one's for me. He said, hey, lads, Elliot, Adam Elliot has been stinking up the joint lately. Well, yeah, his behavior is pretty bad. Looking at the trading... He's looking at trading Elliot and Egan to Isaiah Papali and Sammy Verrills. Well, unfortunately, Sammy Verrills is out, so you, you're not going to be making that trade anytime soon. But I do like something of Elliot and Egan to Papa because Papa's just been absolutely killing it. Just comparing the two, ever since Luke Thompson came back, 48, 17, and 35 for poor Adam Elliot. I just don't think he is getting the same sort of output that he did and the responsibility he had before Luke Thompson came back. And I think on the other side of things, Papa's just going from strength to strength. 88, 62, and 80. You kind of be playing top dollar, and you'll need him to be hitting those numbers every week. And as Mark did mention, they've got a lot harder draw as well. So I think that's something that you probably want to put into consideration. And that's a great one that you actually brought up too, Mark. The only good thing on Papa's side, round 17 by, he does have that jewel, which I love, especially in that position, because both the mid and the edge position at the moment, they're like centers. That's terrible. I hate it. So it's one of those things that do you write Adam Elliott? You could. Papa, if have you missed the boat? I think the way that trade is looking, obviously I work on the stock market. This is looking at a trade. It's the equivalent of kind of buying a stock when it's at its peak. So I'm not going to agree with this trade. I think Papa is going to be a very, very good player, but I think you've missed the boat, especially when you think he's, what does he put on boys? Like, 400k or something like oh yeah something ridiculous 250 i think so i think you've got to search elsewhere and we've got plenty of questions in the back end of this show as well that will help you in that regard but boys next question corby say smiles what a name your boy keon kolamatungi he wants to know is he a keeper or should i trade to someone else uh yeah i've been another one of my um drafts that you fall in love with because you've got that soft spot for. <laughs> I think it's a serious buy. The other thing too, I know we keep talking about the buy and um, Mark, you said that you're going to sort of go hard for round 13, but you can't sort of pass up good value as well. Like you've got to, if there's a play like this, it does sort of pop up. <clears throat> and I mean, the, the big minutes now should sort of stick with him. Uh, he's played 80s or he's 70 is his sort of lowest anyway on that edge back row. But Joy O has been coming on and sort of pushing him to the um, to the bench and then uh, Murray might go out to the edge. They've sort of been doing a bit of rotation. But 
he, he could still make 100K at his average at the moment, so he still can make a little bit of money. He's looked, if he goes off his last two games at 67, where he's sort of hasn't got over the line, but he's made some great uh, line breaks and um, got some good tri-assists there as well. Break even of three. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm seriously considering him. Uh, I know I mentioned it before, looking at him and Leiluan, sort of at that stage of the week where I've got a number of players written down, um, then sort of we'll do this pod and uh, listen to a couple others like Markies and uh, the ATL boys and sort of get a few ideas. And then I go pen to paper with the last five minutes before kickoff tomorrow <laughs> and finally lock someone in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, I like him. I, I like watching him too. He's a really exciting. The first few rounds of that injury, it's like it sparked something in him to actually attack. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Mark? Yeah, no, he seems to be floating to the middle a little bit. So host comes on and pushes Kolomatungi to the middle. So he gets that 30, 40, 50 minutes of tackling and, and work through the middle, but then also gets the attacking upside on the edge against the smaller guys. So it's a good uh, a good combination for scoring. I like it. Yeah. Now, Mark, Cowboys question, mate. You're going to love this one. Oh, Benny Hampton. He's looking love it. somewhere between four and 12 weeks, depending on this scan tomorrow that comes out. Now, this is from Fry Rye. Now, he wants to know, he's got Momo and Pups in his emergencies. He wants to know, with Hampton out, should he play with 16 players? Uh, my instinct to this is no, and I'm going to give you the guy who you should be looking at for this yep. week as well, cool. uh, which is Zach Sini. So uh, Hampton, I have a bad feeling that he's going to be out for the higher end. Uh, just seems to be the luck of the Cowboys at the moment. So I'm a, a pessimistic supporter. Uh, so assuming we get news tomorrow that he's going to be out for at least four to six weeks, I'd probably be looking at uh, going to Sini. So you got a centre for your uh, 17th man. I like that, mate. I like that a lot. Now, next question, where Uche Ia, he wants to know, hey, boys, I've got the Shooter McGovern bug with a trade. I'd planned getting TPJ, but was well thought, and that was well thought out because he plays round 13, and he's bottomed out in this master plan. Then I got trigger happy on Harry Grant because he was starting on Friday night. How do I best deal with trade regret? Now, boys, I've got a special guest. Not only do we have Mark on tonight, we've got Shooter McGavin. Shooter sent me this earlier this morning. Hey, lads, it's Shooter here, here with another uh, trade warning. So um, this week, my trade warning is not to have trade fucking regret. <laughs> if you make a stupid trade and trade out a Stark but the buy round's coming out and he's a gun, don't regret it. you only regret it at the end of the season when you're playing with 10 players. There's no such thing as trade regret. It's like saying smoking's bad for you or something. <laughs> Fair call, Shooter, and thank you for that lovely update. Do you ever have trade regret, Mark? I do. Uh, I seem to be, and I'm probably going to tempt the fantasy gods at the moment, I seem to be avoiding all of my bad decisions at the moment. So I was going to go for Harawira Naira and Ben Hampton last week instead of TPJ and Sini. Okay. And I, uh, I, I let my overall overpower me and I went TPJ and Sini. So I, I'm having anti-trade regret at the moment. I'm having uh, trade uh, happy. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Have you ever tried Envy Corpse? What's uh, I, I 
No, nah, not really. I, it annoys me when you trade someone out if they score well or, yeah, if you, you sort of trade someone out um, that you sort of thought was done. Like, uh, pro- actually, I did have one, Alvaro. Uh, Avrilo, sorry. I traded him out. Yeah, that's and right. Then he came back and he's um, been quite good and he'd be very handy just to be hovering in the centres there. So, yeah, that, I, that's one this year that sort of hurt me a little bit. But lately, fingers crossed, I also have been going right. But they're gods. A week's a long time. <laughs> mate, I had one in draft. When you speak to your good mate on a Sunday night and you tell him that you're getting Wade Egan back in the free agency and he snakes you. Oh, no. That's what happens. He's down mate, there. The, someone was on the... The pod today can't wait to see who the snake's going to pick up this week. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the tag's definitely there now. Yeah, because you are a snake, man. And you smashed me in fantasy <laughs> last week too. Now, boys, before we move on, this is going to be nice and quick. Uh, Naz Vaza, he wants to know, saved 515K last week to Puck, Haas, and Turbo. And now I'm second guessing. Should I move Haas to TPJ? Well, No. <laughs> That's pretty simple. No way. That's a really good trade, and he's averaging 63 and just heating up Painty Haas. I know that TPJ has this enormous ceiling, but you've also got to realize that he might have origin coming up. He hasn't been suspended yet, which is a damn miracle. So, no, that's one of – I like that trade, boys. You, you're you on the board that trade too, right? Not, not, I'm not selling Haas. No. No. Sorry, Nesvaza. I think you should just – yeah, You don't second-net guess yourself. You're doing really well. Now, the other one is, before we move on to page, we might as well stick with this one, and TPJ as well. He, Cuzzy Fats, he wants to know, do you think TPJ will get a call-up from New South Wales this year? And now, I know, Mark, last week I think you guys covered the predicted New South Wales team, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on TPJ? Uh, in, a, in a short version of the answer, no, I don't think he's going to play Origins. So you got Ken Murray there, you got a bunch of other guys that can play on the edge. They'll probably carry Isaiah Yo as well as starting with Angus and Frizzell. So barring injury, I'm pretty comfortable that Pangai will be in the squad, but not in the 17 and will be available for the Broncos. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's in the 19. Corbs, I'll come to you last. And I was just having a look at the depth chart because, you know, who you mentioned there, I thought Cam Murray would be that interchange guy and cover that. But I think Cam might be worse than people expect with his ankle. So there might be a little bit of an opportunity there. And just having a look, obviously, Frizzell and Crichton's got the edges. They're going to start. There's no doubt about that. Mids, you would think either Isaiah Yo or Radley are going to be starting at 13. The loser's probably going to be on the bench. Junior Paulo's fallen off a cliff. Haas would have to be one starting prop. You'd think Saifidi, and then you think Jake Pravojevic, because of his track record, should jag a bench spot. In the background, you've got Clemmer and Finucane. Injured right now, Nathan Brown, Cam Murray, Cordner, and Ryan Madison. So you haven't really – when Cam Miles is out, you don't really have any edge cover, which might well, – Yo, Yo was an edge back roller for most of his career before he moved yeah, to lock. Yeah, true, but kind of more in the this game. We saw Yo play a little bit of edge last year in the series, and he didn't really set the world on fire. And TPJ has just got that kind of different sort of what he brings to the team, right? So it, it is a chance. Corbs, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I guess it's yeah down to what they want there. But if they if they yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's the sort of player. He hasn't sort of shown it consistently that he's sort of um at that sort of point to I don't know take it to the to the Origin level. Like he he definitely has those games where he like he could blitz Origin, but he could also lose you an Origin just oh, with no the doubt. way he the way he plays. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of backing up the um. 
the amateur boys there, and I'm, I'm going, I don't think he'll be there. But the, some of the fours you rattled off there, they're like uh, Fanukin. He's like, he was down the list there, and yeah. I see him as a solid player that will um, take a bench spot over TPJ. Definitely. Now, Mark, now Big Daddy Crib and also Hanzo. Now, their question is, is Josh Current a good pickup, and is it too late to pick him up if so? Um, obviously, it would have been better to get him before this week. Yeah. Have you got him? But No, I didn't get him. So, yeah, I was tossing up him and Harawira Naira last week, and I was going to go current. Actually, I decided on just looking at his base and uh, the inconsistency with Harawira Naira. But um, the short answer is I think he can get him. Hmm. Uh, but also, I, for me, like I've got a million edge guys that I'm looking at. So, hmm. like for me, I've got, you know, Pangai, for feeder and Crichton, so I don't need to bring in another edge guy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I probably would be looking, given that there's positions, other positions where it's harder to get somebody, maybe looking at a senior or even a guy like uh, Hamole with the Manly guys out now as well. So, Mate, you've mentioned senior a few times now. Is it the mullet? Are you, it, are you, you, are you man, man crush? You like that and be bad at footy. There you go. <laughs> I thought there was a little bit of a man crush. I could hear it in your voice. I love it. I love him. Nice. I like it. Now, Corbs, Oscar Hay, he wants to know, who's a better trade-out, Leeson Almau or Wade Egan, and who are some suggestions for trades in for them? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I would probably go with Almau. Um, has a break in 42 and has had a, a 30 and a 32 in his last two games. Um, and he sort of he sits at that average of 42. I mean, Egan's not too... Um, too much better, really. He's got to break it over 39. Probably hold him for another week. Or you could probably hold Armour too, really. Um, and he's got the average of 46. So he's probably got a bit more chance to uh, make that and just come off a nice score of 50. Good replacements could be, and depends on whether you want to go for that overall and round 13 target. Uh, but I've got the uh, Kolomatangi and the, and the Cheese as sort of two that I've been looking at. I feel the cheese is um, going to get that lock position and um, start getting the – because he can even come in at that hooker role as well. So I'm just sort of keeping an eye on him. Uh, Breaking 42, I don't think you're going to miss out on too much. Yeah. No but, problems. yeah, the, the other two that you mentioned, Gilbert and Bloor, I, I think you can hold these guys. That, like, you've just got to save your trades. Uh, I'm not one to talk to about it because I've been pretty uh, quick on the trades each week. But – you know, if you can hold them, they're not um, urgent. Gilbert and Bloor in the extended bench could be potential even better buys uh, or swaps net trades next week. Just before we go on, I've got 22 trades left and I've made one today. How many do you guys have left? Um, I'll just go in now. Yeah, I've got to look as you, well. You have a look and I'm just going to answer this question quickly. Dylan King asks, best cheap centers under 300K. And he wants to know, is Masters any good? That's We're talking about Stephen Masters. And I think, yeah, I think Marky's pretty much on the, the money with Sini. I don't think there's much to lose at 255K. I loved his involvement in the game last week. With Stephen Masters, he's had three games last year, 80 minutes, center. He had a 34 average. So the good thing is he's playing outside really, really good players and he's going to get plenty of opportunity to score. The problem is Camel Graham is only out four weeks. Latrell's back in two weeks, so... He's he's and just he's just a fill-in pretty much. So why waste the trade? Mansell's only two weeks away as well. There you go. Even better. Sorry, uh, have you got yours in front of you there, Mark? In terms of your yeah, trades, I had I had twenty-three before I made two trades. Okay, today. so you got twenty-one so, left, and Josh. 
Yeah, I'm the same. I've got 23. I haven't made my trades yet. I've got to go through my list and uh, yeah, do the extra research tomorrow. Perfect. Just sticking on the TPJ before we move on, I think. Yeah, Hanzo, he just wants to know, hey, guys, just love to know your thoughts on Alex 12. Pretty inconsistent with his scores due to minutes. Who are you thinking here? Hold, sell, and is also Sini a trap city? Now, I don't think he's Trap City. I just like the song. So, I've got to be honest. Yeah, so no, Sini is not a Trap City, I don't think. But we'll know more kind of in the next three weeks. So I think he's going to have an audition of four weeks. His job to lose. In terms of 12, yeah, he's moving in that front row position. His average is still pretty good at 47, but his, his minutes have dropped dramatically to 47 minutes over the last three weeks. Again, we talk about TPJ. I do think he's a better option, but realistically, if you're kind of declining, if you're anywhere near that 21-20 trades, I think it's a very big hold on Alex Toll at the moment. I just don't think, especially he won't be playing Origin. He'll be playing during that period, and you can hold him all the way through and make a better decision, I think, towards round 16, round 17. So hold for me for now. Next one, before we turn the page, Louis Haycor, our good mate, Corbs, he wants to know. Actually, you can probably jump in this one too, Mark, because I know you've got mixed feelings about this guy. Has Nathan Cleary maxed out and is it time to sell? Corbs, we'll start with you. I <laughs> I laughed at this and then I, was, I actually I was like, oh, actually, you could sell him. Uh, I, <laughs> I, he's just a guy that I had from the start to captain each week. Um and listening to quite a few sort of people that have done all right, I sort of wanted to go with that. And I thought, yeah, he's my pick to sort of be that top scorer for the year. Uh, and thinking about it, if you sold him, though, for Hughes or Moses, um, you bank 150K profit from Cleary, which is ridiculous when he was coming in at 950K, whatever it was. Yeah. And then you've got an extra 400K to spend on your team. But then you'll be only wanting to get him back at some point. And when he's averaging 91, you know, you're going to be chasing money if you spend it sort of yeah. over players in your team. So, yeah, he's, he's 16 clear um, average on the next best at 75, which I think was Pappenhausen and um, Fafita. So, no, I don't. I think it's just a, a bloke you keep in there, like especially me that had him from the start. He seemed to be a bloke that just loves playing his footy and um, sort of gets away with what he wants with his dad. So, that's not going to the rest <laughs> The unicorn. Now, Mark, what I yeah. appreciate about you, mate, is the fact that you don't have Nathan Cleary and you're not backing off and you didn't join the Facebook group. No, so, I joined it today because I wanted to go on Trash Talk Cleary. So. Uh, <laughs> did you? What what happens? Did do they all? Are you all in agreement? Are you mourning? Like, how's it work in that group, yeah. mate? No, I, I mean, I just joined it. Actually, I was sitting at the airport waiting to pick up my uh, my boss, and I had 10 minutes while I was waiting. So I joined the Facebook group, and I commented in that it clearly sucks eggs, and, and yeah. everyone's laughing and, and hard, harding it. So, yeah, no, I uh, I do have a bit of Cleary envy, but I'm, I'm uh, trusting the process. Okay, I like that. Now, Corb, second part of that question, thoughts on swapping Ponger out for Clint Gutherson? Yeah, I... Uh, what Pong is at seven seven eighty one k break even eighty four and Gutho that seven fifteen k in the break even of thirty. I would say yes, as Gutho shouldn't play Origin, but then now I'm st- in saying that I am still a bit nervous, and especially when uh, Lomax went down, he seems to be scoring well, like plenty of tries, and I know that can be a worry, but he just seems to keep scoring them. There's some players at the moment, um, like Brett Morris was one, but he was sort of the 
like next level try scorer. Mm. Uh, Momorowski, there's a there's a few that are scoring tries consistently that is um, sort of bumping up their scores. If you have the trades, I would say yes, but I think it's a bit sideways really because Ponga is only going to miss that one game and the Knights need him. So I don't think he'll miss a lot of other footy. Um, I'm, I'm sort of thinking with the Storm and like those other teams that can afford to rest players, they will, and mm. the Panthers. But teams like uh, Roosters and Knights, they need Ponga, they need Teddy. They're going to be coming straight back in the team and playing if they're Fifty percent. Yeah, sticking on that, Mark. A question just to follow up into that. Bilbo Boggins, he wants to know: Is Callum Ponger a trade now that he's scored less than fifty in two games in a row? What's your thoughts? No, I'm exactly the same. Don't sell keepers, mate. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Nice and direct. Now, next question, Mark. We'll stay with you. G'day, fellas. He wants to know. Actually, you're going to love this. James Roberts to Cini. Mate, you got to do it. You, every every fantasy team needs a guy with a really bad haircut, and Cini just fits the bill. <laughs> have you ever had a mullet, Mark? No, I have never had a. Are mullet. you going? Are you going to? No, I'll tell you what. If Cini averages fifty for this season, I will shave a mullet into my head. Wow, I love it. Yeah, right. I love I'll, it. I'll, I'll do it. That's how I ended up in this Warriors jersey that I'm wearing at the moment by making a bet against nobody. Um, but I'd love it that much that I'd I'd do a haircut like him. Okay. Now, next question, Paul Oka Ollis. He wants to know who's a good replacement for Lindsay Collins around the same price. Corbs, I'm on your kind of express here because Lindsay Collins at 599k. People that had him, they're going to get about 100k out of him, which is quite handy. But I like Brandon Smith as well coming into this period. I think he's going to get a lot more certainty about his role moving forward, being a 13 and then probably being a nine backing up. Harry Grant during this origin period, still averaging 48. He's the biggest thing. I think he came in underdone because he never expected to start the season at hooker. So he's picking up his fitness week by week. He's got that dual. Like I said, he's got more more certainty about his starting position in the team. With a lot of players coming out of the team for origin, he's going to pick up a lot of minutes. And that round, third, round 17 by, in terms of swapping someone this week, I'm liking this Brandon Smith move. Or his teammate as well. I know Tui, he's lost minutes over the last couple of games. So just tracking that over, I wouldn't be pulling the trigger this week. Just want to kind of see what kind of Bellamy's intentions are towards Tui because his PPM is unreal. And he, if he can get 45, 50 minutes, he's going to make you some cash. But like I said, his minutes have declined. He's still scoring well, but he's going to need those 50 minutes. So... Just be on the watch list for that one. But Brandon Smith, I think, is your man there. Now, Corb's next one, Daniel Chapman. He wants to know. He said he wants to know, would you be holding Daniel Alvaro and Stefano until after round 13, or are you going to be trading both boys out ASAP? Uh, I would probably. I'm sort of maybe have to choose between one of these guys. And Stefano, the break even 36, he's sort of averaging that 36. But there's only three forwards on that bench for the Tigers so I'm hoping he can um because his points per minute are not too bad if he can sort of increase his minutes a little bit he should score a little better yep uh, so I'd probably choose him to keep over Alvaro Alvaro is a bit of a worry um his minutes like his points per minute again are really good but uh well, yeah, it's, it's Mark's minutes- fault mate ever since he sent Josh Maguire down to St. George yeah, so, so the last four, when did Josh Maguire came there in round three, six? Three weeks ago against the Warriors. Six, seven, eight. He had round, well, first game, uh, Maguire only had, 
No, he came off the bench for 57 minutes, then he had 59, and then he had 80 minutes in the last game. And the Alvaro has gone from 45 minutes to 34 to 29. I think he's just that fill-in 35, 30 minute now forward. Um, and yeah, the other guys like you've got Vaughan, uh, Laurie and Maguire who are chewing up the big middles in the minute. He's just, um, yeah, it's, it's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah, they changed their yeah. team configuration from three guys on the bench plus Clune or Willie Army to having four forwards on the bench since they got Billy Burns in. Yep. So he's come over and he's taken that centre or back row cover spot from Willie Army, but yeah. he's actually getting on the field where Willie Army and Clune weren't. So he's pinching 20 minutes and 10 of that's coming from Alvaro, unfortunately. Good pick up, my yeah. friends. Now, next question, boys. This one's for you, Mark. Uh, should we hold on to X cash cows and use them for round? This is a very similar question, actually. Round 13, for example, he's using the same one. Stefano Alvaro, he just, he just adds Spencer Linu. And then he wants to know, blokes like that, should we move them on now and keep generating cash flow? And also, when is the best time to stop worrying about making money? That's a quite an interesting question. Mm. So uh, I'll do the best time to worry about making money first. So I would be continuing to try and make money through to around like 18, 19 or thereabouts. Yeah. You know, so you constantly, the way that you try to make money can change. So for example, like what we were talking about earlier with Matto, we're buying a guy who's 100 to 150 grand underpriced. Yeah. That's another way of making money. Plus, it only costs you one trade to make that money because you never trade the guy out. Yep. But you're getting an 800K value score at 650. And that's where you're looking for that style of making money. So another one for that perfect. And this is a really good question because I'm actually selling both Stefano and Alvaro this week. Okay. Because I'm going to cop a 30 from both of them, most likely over the Origin week. Yep. Because both of those teams aren't really impacted by Origin unless Paul Green decides to pick Maguire, which I have great fears about. But <laughs> he, sh- he shouldn't, but he might. Um, but uh, you're going to get 30 from each of them, or you go to uh, Moses, who's going to average 60 moving forward, and Sini, for example. That's You're going to spend the same money, but you're going to gain 20 or 30 points, plus you're going to get a keeper in Moses, generate ca- cash with Sini. So, yeah, the short answer to the question is, if you've got a good move, make it because scoring 30 points in round 13 from a guy like Alvaro, you know, long-term probably is going to cost you points. Yeah, I like that as well. Me and Corbs, we were talking about this before, and unfortunately, I think I was using stockbroking analogies again. I was on the train. I must have sounded like the biggest flog in the world. But, yeah, I guess half the podcast now are going to start listening to Wall Street or watching Wall Street. But <laughs> I'm the same as you. I think when they're at the top of the levels, and I think Daniel Alvaro is ticking every single box that he can't make you any more money – what you've just shown, those four forwards, like every week he's going to be losing money and he's made good money for us. Yeah. So now is the time to cash out, move on to someone else. And like you said, that origin period, unless something happens to Paul Vaughan and he just starts playing like Superman, he's the only chance of them playing origin. And like you did mention Maguire because of the history that he's got with Paul Green. But realistically, he's probably going to be unchanged. Any thoughts there, Corpse? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, Alvaro's definitely looking to get punted for me. Uh, I, I could just hold on to Stefano just in the next week or so, and if I can sort of upgrade and find someone else or get like a good um, cheapie, um, because my sort of thing is, yeah, looking at a couple of those others down the track, um, like your, uh, who's the Bloor and 
Gilbert. I've sort of they were two that everyone was talking about coming into the season. So yeah. I think there was good reason. There's some good stats behind those guys. Um, so I'm sort of hoping that maybe I can snag maybe a Bloor because he plays around 13. But those sort of players are just going to keep hovering plus or minus 30k of what their price is now. Yeah. They're not urgent, but like um, Marky said, they're they're not going to score you big points. They're sort of 40 points max, unless they get over for a try or something. Yeah, I agree. Now, next question, Brenton Vickery. He asks, uh, Tyson Gamble or Reese Walsh? CHT's back soon. Well, he's back this week. And he wants. He says that Broncos are eight. That's quite interesting thoughts. And thoughts on <laughs> cut price mids. Jay, uh, sorry, Jake Turbo, uh, Takiaho or David Clemmer? Well, it's an interesting question. Unfortunately for... Gamble, he played really well last week and quite cheap. But the the biggest problem we've got is Kevy Walters changes his halves like he changes his undies. So you just got no certainty about what's going to happen. I guess the good thing is Tom Dearden's set for the Cowboys, which means that rules him out probably. But Brody Croft, you know, you mentioned him at the start of the show, Mark. He's always going to be in there, and he comes he comes from a really good system from the Storm. He's always a chance to actually be in the team. So Tyson only needs to get flogged in one game and have a million errors, and he's straight out of the team. Thing with Walsh, again, raw, such a good player. But he's, again, you've got to understand he's 18. So he's not going to be – I think his best position right now is learning off the bench at number 14. CHT will give him direction, and he'll come back into the team. So realistically, I wouldn't take either. I was really going to wash, get Walsh, but right now I'm thinking probably not because of CHT being back on the, the sideline. But in terms of your other question – Mark, you mentioned Clemmer at the start of the show as well, and me and you, Corbs, have talked about Clemmer. Obviously, he's missing something there at the moment. He's lacking a little bit of fire, but it's still averaging 48, probably playing the worst footy of his career. 48. That's still pretty good. So you think if they can get a bit of fire under his belly and he fires up over the next few weeks, they start getting a few troops back, their letter and Mitchell Pierce back. You just never know, and he's got around 17 by. He's probably not going to be in Freddie Fittler's State of Origin team unless something drastic happens. So I actually don't mind the Clem. You're right amongst this Clem trade, eh, Mark? Yeah, mate. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. When you guys were talking about buying Brandon Smith earlier, I was wanting to st- scream David Clemmer into the microphone because I think he's a, an absolute moral for a for a buy at the moment. I just wish he sort of fit my team. Uh, having a look at Clemmer, he's, he banged his knee a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and he played sort of 40 minutes, 43 minutes, something like that for a couple of weeks, and now he's built back up to that standard role. They're also going to lose Saifidi for origin there as well. So, you know, um, even considering over the next sort of five to six weeks, I'm not anticipating the Knights to perform overly well, uh, which means Clem is going to be busy doing lots of tackling and lots of hit-ups and trying to create attacking plays with offloads and stuff like that. It seems like Freddie doesn't like him or his play style or something because I I know Freddie's big on getting different sort of body types. So I think as long as Haas is fit, He'll be there. I think the only thing would be if pass went down, they might look for a a like for like body type in Clemmer. But yeah, I think uh, I am a huge fan of Clemmer for overall. Um, if you're looking at head to head, I'd probably lean to Jerbo though. Yeah, good call. Now next one, Corbs Shane Ewison. He wants to know best swap out for Nathan Brown. He's got 170k in the bank, so he's got plenty of cash, and he doesn't need a mid. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, so I had him having about 750k to spend. We've talked about a few of these on here. The the cheese, I still like him, Mark. I still like the cheese. <laughs> no, I, I, mate, I, I see why you like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think we've mentioned a few of these already. Um, a couple that we haven't mentioned 
Luai and Peachy, if we're sort of moving away from um, positions, the the Luai is is exciting, but I'm still probably not going to go towards him. My my two picks would probably be TPJ if you haven't got him already. I think you sort of need to get him. He's been good and on the edge now. He looks uh, a bit ruthless. And Jerome Hughes, uh, TK, has uh, started me looking into this guy. I was looking at Moses. I did have Moses here, but I picked Hughes over him. And then even with Mark, you talking about his averages there and him being a bit of a bully, whereas Hughes can sort of perform against all teams and, and Storm usually can be dominant over every team. So, yeah, that would be the two that I'd be looking at, either a TPJ or a Hughes. Yeah, I um, like And then sort of get that game plan. Like you two have talked about it and I actually sat down and started looking at that buy period a bit more um, and sort of listening to a lot of the pods, they they started doing it and they've sort of been doing it for a little bit and sort of have those targets that you're sort of going to get in your team and start bolstering it for uh, the buy period and then, yeah, that run home. Yeah, good. Uh, Michael John Flaucher, he pretty much had the same question. I think you've answered it too because he wanted to know between Moses and Jerome Hughes as a, as a bring in as well. So I think you've covered that quite nicely. Now, moving on, the next question, I'll get Mark in here. Now, Marky, NS Fraza, he's got 515K in the bank. Jesus, he's a rich bastard. Go he my want, house. He wants yeah. to know, Payne Haas, Isaiah Papali, or TPJ? Who's your thoughts? Uh, if you're playing overall, I'd go for Pangai. If you're playing head-to-head, I would go for Payne Haas. Yeah, cool. You just you don't like Papali, you think the same thing as me, he's kind of reached that peak? Yeah, I, I, I like Papa. I actually highlighted him in the preseason as thinking he was going to have a big year this year. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I think what I said was he's going to start doing well and by the time he, I'm actually ready to buy him, he's going to be too expensive and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a massive, it was just a throw-off comment, but uh, I think Haas just got the pedigree. He averaged, I've got him in at 71, 72 average rest of the season. Like I just... He's a set and forget captain if you don't have Cleary. Um, so yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm on the Haas train. Hey Corbs, did you hear Mark say pedigree? Yeah, it, uh, do you notice that it, so many of the podcasters use it? It cracks me up. I thought that we just yeah, I didn't think it was a term, but it definitely is, and everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the podcasting equivalent of credit to the boys. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. It definitely is. Now, boys, next one. Unfortunately, Brett Morris, ACL gone. He's at 732K. Cowboys on a rush. He wants to know who's the best replacement. We averaged 63. The guy I like, and I've been kind of on his coattails for the last couple of weeks, Adam Dewey. 608K. I just think you're going to downgrade and keep 100K that you can put somewhere else. But the biggest things for me, selling points for Adam Dewey. He's dual, round 17 by. He's a goal kicker. He averages over 50. For me, the two biggest sticking points, he averages nearly 100 metres running and in 266 kicking metres. For a 5'8", he's going to be getting you easy points every single week and creating opportunities for everyone around him. Like I said, dual position, I love him. Corbs, you jumped on last week, didn't you? The, yeah, no, I went the week before. I went Gutho and TPJ last week. Um, yeah, no, I went the week before and I've, I've sort of got a bit of cash. That was when I sort of started doing a bit of planning. So um, there could be a big purchase uh, for the Dream Team this week. I like that. I like that as well. Marky, Danny TC, he wants to know. Actually, this is for all of us. We'll start with you, but Mark, how long have you been playing fantasy for and who has been your favourite and least favourite player to own over the years? All right. 
So uh, I started in 2016 after the Cowboys won the grand final. That's where my extreme love for footy really took off. I remember uh, starting my first season with like Billy Slater and Dale Copley and Sam Thayde and Nate Miles and a bunch of other Queensland players that were absolutely rubbish for fantasy. And, <laughs> and I spent the first uh, first season learning what not to do. About I think I had Corey Norman, I had Kieran Foran at one point, and then he did his shoulder the next week. So yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, it was an experience definitely in 2016. So that's when I started. Um, my favorite player to own is probably Payne Haas, uh, but I like him more this year when he's not owned by 40% of teams. So I just love having him as a pod rather than everybody having like the last two years. So um, the player I hate the most to own is Daily Cherry Evans. Very cool. It's, it's a weird one. It just he, uh, he cost me a head-to-head a couple of years ago where it was him against Marty Tapao in the final game on the Sunday. <laughs> And the guy I was versing had 15 players plus Michael Cheekham who was playing off the bench. And he ended up beating me because Tapao scored a try and Cherry Evans got like 27. And ever since then, he rubs it into me that he beat me in this uh, head-to-head. Sounds so like Colby. Like can't Corby. own DC. All right, Colby, moving on to you. Yeah, we've only really taken the classic fantasy this year properly. Uh, we've always been draft and I come from a super coach background, but even that was just head-to-head, so... Still learning the ropes a little bit with the overall, but um, just in terms of following the footy pages and stuff, been doing it, but just, um, yeah, a different focus. But my, my two are just recent ones, um, <laughs> just uh, last year. I love the Cam Smith uh, just because he was so safe all the time in a head-to-head battles uh, that I had. And the most recent one that kills me was Fergo. Because oh, I rubbished yeah. him saying he's no good. He was only good at the Roosters because they had a killer backline. Look, look at Brett Morris. He's about 50 and scores five tries a game. And then he comes out and he's blitzed it. And I'm just <laughs> here. <laughs> Eat my own words. So, yeah, they were, they're two recent ones. Um, but I, I agree with Mark. I reckon a player can hurt you as for one certain instance in a game or lose your final and you can hold a grudge. It's not so much a season, it's a, an actual game that they hurt you. Yeah, true. Now, six years of draft for me, my favourite player is probably Lolo during 2018, except for the grand final, when he shit the bed when we played in that grand final, Corby. Yeah. The guy that I hate the most is Wade Egan. And the reason why is because Corby snaked me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got Simkin now on your, uh, as your hooker too. You got a spice? You got a spice, Yeah, you, yeah you might, I might get a I'll give you Ben Hampton. I'll give you Ben Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good question I like that one now next question uh, I'll do this one quickly Hanzo would 12 to TPJ be sideways well it's not really sideways but again because we talked about maybe the potential of TPJ being origin but they're kind of prices at 50k in difference as well TPJ's at 711k so 12's at 641k and TPJ's at 59 so 12's at 51 so the easy answer to that one is they're not really in the same ballpark. So there's not really a sideways trade. It would actually be an upgrade. So I think that's a nice, easy one. The next one, Corby, just before we have the very lucky last one, there's one just one for you. Dom wants to know, thoughts on Fogarty or Moses? We'll come back. I know you've got a, a very good interest in Fogarty as well, Mark. So we'll come back to you as well. Yeah, the I don't know. The Moses one's starting to scare me now with the uh, – 
um, with Mark's comments there before with his stats from before, because I've just been looking at this year and he has been riding high and Fogarty has been sort of down the dumps a little bit. So I was going to say Moses here just because uh, he's lost a bit of cash. So he's a bit cheaper, about, what, 70K cheaper to what he was. Um, And then, yeah, he's got that good buy period as well. But then the Fogarty does as well. But uh, his last two games, I'm a bit torn on this one. I would say Moses, but, um, yeah, only because there's a couple of low scores with the Fogarty there and the Titans can be a bit hit and miss. But as soon as those Eels start losing or taking on some harder teams, then, yeah, I can see where Mark's going to come from as well. Moses loves a 27, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> all right. Loves it. Marky, I'm a big fan of Fogs, but you sell sell all of us. Why Jamal hey, Fogarty? It's funny. I'm going to give a shout-out to one of the guys in our Facebook group quickly, Zane O'Neill, who talked me out of selling Fogarty when he uh, he had that injury a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I was going to I was gonna dump him, and he said, mate, he's only got one score under 60 all year. And I looked back, and I went, you know, you're right. He's got – I think he's played seven games – not including that injury game, and he's got like all but two of them are sixty something. So, you know, like you gotta you gotta look at a guy like that and look at the price tag. He's only six hundred k. You know, in a tough position. You know, even like we're talking about buying Maddo, who's going to average about sixty. Fogarty's a fifty five to sixty, and he's six hundred k. So, you know, you sort of. I I think the return, like I definitely think long term, Moses is going to average more than. Fogarty, maybe like three, four points a game. Yeah. But the question is, is it worth spending 100K, 100K to get three points a game or could you use that 100K better somewhere else? Yeah, I like that. I've actually thought of that myself, so I'm, I'm 100% behind you. I've got now, both of them, though. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> to finish, boys, just a discussion around Origin. We'll do this quickly. So Origin's weird because – we just don't know because it's a new game. We don't know how they're going to react to this kind of mid-year stuff. A lot of them play big minutes. They might miss one or two games. What he wants to know is, this is from Dom as well, any thoughts on players that are most more likely to get rested due to prior injuries or maybe a team schedule? Has there been case in previous years where some Origin players don't miss any games? Yeah, looking forward to the potty. Yeah, Dom, it's one of those things. I'll go first and I'll let you boys chime in over the top. It's just going to change from year to year, and it just depends on... I think the player we can use probably as an example right now for myself is probably Turbo. And I'm not... Just having a look at this draw. Round 14, when they have to back up, Friday's Manly versus Cowboys, Sharks versus Penrith. Saturday at 3 p.m. is Titan versus Roosters. So main players affected here is going to be Turbo, Cleary, and David Fafita. On the the flip side, round 18 is Titans versus Para on the Friday. So again... David Feeder, and then Manly versus Dragons on the Friday too, which is again Turbo. 3 p.m. Saturday, Raiders versus Sharks. Now, if Turbo does play in the state of origin, which we're all expecting, I don't see him backing up on a Friday because playing two games in three, I don't see Des Hasler. He didn't take any. He could have played back in round four, I've been told, but they didn't risk him. So I can't see them taking a risk two days after an origin. Boys, Mark, any thoughts? Mate, yeah, so with Turbo, he's a specific case, obviously, with the injury history. But as a, a broader term, what you find is a lot of coaches have a trend. So, for example, uh, Bellamy always rests players. Robinson always rests players. Yep. Wayne Bennett always rests players. Like, they will rest them, 100%. And these Those, three big gun teams, too. Yeah, Ivan does not rest players. Is that because of the age, you reckon? 
I don't know. Or I've I've listened to a couple of things. I think it was Luke Lewis was talking, and he was sort of saying that it's actually easier to back up shorter time frame the two days. Yeah. The worst bit is the Saturday. Actually, is the it's so I don't know if it's necessarily that the the two day turnarounds a problem per se. It's I'd be looking at like go back for the last couple of years and look at the coaches and see what they did. So like hundred percent, Teddy won't play the week after. Yeah, it won't play. Um, they've got a perfectly capable Manu there. Um, whereas you've got a team like, say, Manly, and that's an interesting one with another layer to it because, like, that Cowboys game, as much as it pains me to say this, Manly should win that game uh, based on their current form. But you take Turbo out all of a sudden. Looking, at, close. looking at the ladder and the top, that tight race there, can Manly afford to throw down, a, throw away a theoretical win? to rest a guy who's really Tommy's what he's 22 or something like that. Yeah. I remember when I was 22, I was basically invincible. So he, you might find that he might back up. Whereas a guy that's, you know, say even Jake Turbo, Jake Turbo, hundred percent, he'll play the Friday. Yeah. But, I, like, I like that. You know, yeah. But um, like a guy like Kevy's spoken about resting Haas, not burning him out. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the, the game. Mm. Uh, so you got to look at, yeah, coaches, what, what's their style, um, a lot of them will have tendencies. So, like that, Corbs. Yeah, I, I think it will too. Also, depend on the uh, the team list and team available. Like, I, I do agree that the Teddy thing. Like, Teddy could get uh, rested, but if they've got no one there and they've got, like, they seem to just get injuries every week. <laughs> um, then, yeah, does he get rested? The the Eagles, I definitely think, uh, yeah, he could be rested because they play such close games to the origins but even like with the the pain has one he's been still playing fairly big minutes i mean coming into the the season coaches can sort of have plans and things in place but uh, i don't know just with so many injuries i don't know if they will be able to rest them as much as possible if there's you know if there's a chance that they can win games and get through but yeah it's going to be a really tricky one because I've even picked a few players in my team, like the Gutho as an example, where I don't even know. Yeah, he could, he could still go in yeah. the centres there. Like it, I know it didn't work last year, but um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's it's a tough one to really give an answer to, really. Yeah, I'd back, I'd back Gutho to back up. He's uh, oh, he's, he's one of the fittest players in the NRL, so I reckon he'll back up. Totally agree. Well, boys, that is it for today. Before we leave, Mark, you've been talking a little bit about your Facebook group. Where can people join that? Yeah, mate. So just search uh, NRL Fantasy Amateurs on Facebook. So there's a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Uh, so the group, there's about 500 members in there. We have pretty uh, in-detail chats about lots of players and stuff. So, yeah, just search NRL Fantasy Amateurs and you'll find our, uh, our group there. Awesome. Well, Matt, Mark, massive thank you for jumping on tonight and we'd love to have you back on during the season as well. Some great insights tonight. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Corby and and uh, yeah, also the uh, the amateur boys on Twitter um, do have some good banter too. Get involved. <laughs> that's that's me getting angry at the Cowboys. Usually. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I've been opened up to a new world in Twitter. Um, you guys are yeah, make it pretty funny. <laughs> well, we'll be back on uh, Thursday. So me and Corbs will be doing. We'll record it tomorrow night. We've got captains. We've got trade targets. We've got uh, gut feels, gut feels. The goat Jeremy Lattimore, he's back, and we're doing tipping. And we've got a couple of questions. Also, I'll, I'll run through with you as well, Corps. They want to know, they want to have a top three in every position, Corps. So we'll run through that. And they also want to know 
how hard I think we're going for round 13. So we'll have a couple of questions also to answer there tomorrow. Right, All right, gentlemen, thank you again for your company, and uh, we'll check everyone on Thursday. Bye See for you now. later, boys.